This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House USA, the place where you get the chance to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders in America. My name is Nick Hoadley and I'm the CEO of Insurance Search. We specialize in helping insurance businesses grow and multiply their growth by attracting, recruiting and retaining the highest performing insurance professionals in the country. Each week in the Coffee House, we interview leading insurance business leaders and discover how they achieve their success, learn what advice they have for other aspiring insurance business leaders, and we discover what makes their business an attractive proposition for high-performing talent. This week, I'm very happy to be joined by the President of Relation Insurance Services, Mr. Ed Page. Welcome to the show, Ed. Good, thanks. Good to be here. Ed, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Really looking forward to hearing more about your career, your journey, and hearing lots about the work you're doing there at Relation Insurance. So, Ed, before we dive into the main body of the questions, can I just ask you to share with the listeners a little bit more about your career background and the career development that brought you to where you are now? Yeah, sure. Well, so, uh, you know, I've been a relation now for about seven years and it's been a great ride uh, and it's my first foray into insurance. So I uh, am not I'm not a lifelong insurance guy, um, um, which is I think is actually kind of neat because I think we need more people who come from other industries to get into insurance. But um, I was originally an engineer by, by training um, and worked for a couple of years as an engineer, realized I didn't want to be an engineer and then went off to business school and then was a management consultant at Bain for about five years. Um, which I absolutely loved and was a fantastic experience. And then uh, after that, I started moving into operating roles and I've helped companies, private equity-backed companies uh, from an operating perspective for the last, oh, I don't know, 15 or 20 years or so. And um, how I actually ended up with Relation was I was uh, working at a company and we went through a sales process and we met the private equity owners of, of Relation, which was then Ascension at the time. And uh, we ended up selling to them, but I met those guys and they asked me to come join the team uh, after, we, uh, after we sold them. Uh, it's been a great ride. Awesome. Awesome stuff, Ed. I think there's so many insurance business leaders who have an engineering background. I don't, I don't know what it is, maybe something to do with the problem solving or having that specific mindset that ends up drawing them in, into insurance. But how have you found that transition from the management consultancy and engineering moving into the insurance sector? Yeah, so it's it's been uh, it's been well. My management consulting days are kind of long long behind me, but uh, um, you know my time at Bain was fantastic. I mean, I, I learned learned a ton. I got to work on super senior problems, frankly, problems I probably shouldn't have been working on at the age that I, that I was. So I really felt like it, it turbocharged my development as a as a business leader. And a lot of the, the things that I, I learned there uh, about how to run a business have really followed me throughout throughout my career. So that's been that's been really really neat. You know, but insurance is a different, little bit of a different business, and and it's amazing because most people don't really understand what a great industry it is. Like, and I certainly didn't like when I came out of business school. Otherwise, I, I might have thought about it as a career choice earlier. But you know, it's got a, it's a business with high recurring revenue, um, low cap, low cap. Backs, you know, good profit margins, and uh, it's just an overall 
fundamentally strong business, which is why you see so many private equity guys in it now. So I, I was amazed that, uh, you know, there's kind of all the great characteristics of it as I, as I got into it. And it's been, uh, been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's, that's so true, Ed. And I think, I think it's now our duty. I don't, I don't think too many people go straight into insurance. They do sort of stumble across it. I know that was certainly the case in, in my career as well, but I think I think once you're in it, it's now our duty to to educate others and to bring other people into the industry as well. Ed, if I can start us off, as we are in the insurance coffee house today, can I ask you yeah. what your go-to coffee of choice is in the morning? Well, it's funny because I'm actually not a coffee drinker, so so I, I don't I don't do any caffeine. I don't do soda. I don't don't do caffeine, but. Uh, I am a huge uh, fan of cold water, ice cold water. Like anyone who knows me, see, I always have got a, 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 a Yeti or some type of cooler, and I'm always on a search for ice to keep my water cold. So I, I have a really well-traveled water bottle wherever I go. It's in my uh, it's in my my business backpack, and it's building bit all around the world. So I'm always trying to find uh, trying to find some ice so I can have some cold water. <laughs> Just for our listeners' benefit, Ed's actually based in California, so. Very much understandable, Ed. I think if you were if you were in London at the moment in the Lloyd's building, then the ice water probably wouldn't go down so well. Be a bit a bit nippy for that. That's absolutely fine. Ed, how did you break into the C suite, and how did you find that transition from your previous position? Yeah, great, great question. So, um, you know, as I, th- I think I mentioned, I was uh, I was uh, an engineer by training. So I actually have a couple of engineering degrees, a master's degree in electrical engineering. Um, and I worked as an engineer for, for a little bit. And I realized that I could work for another 20 years and get a job that I really didn't want then. So I probably needed to go in a different direction in my career. So uh, that caused me to go off to business school. I was uh, lucky enough to get into Stanford. Um, uh, which is a fantastic experience. And um, when I came out of Stanford, I went to work for Bain & Company as a management consultant uh, for about five years doing a lot of high-tech strategy work. And so, um, and I had a great experience, a fantastic place, um, really can't say enough good things about it. And there's a reason why you see uh, so many uh, Bain people in, in great leadership positions in business around the world. After Bain, uh, I was I decided I wanted to do something a little different um, and kind of move more into the operational role. And so I found, co-founded a company with a couple of friends. Um, we raised some VC funding uh, from SoftBank. That's how I originally got in the the, uh, the C-suite. I was the co-founder and chief operating officer at, at the time, and which was a fantastic experience. And in terms of a transition from management consulting, uh, you know, to the C-suite, you know, the, the big change is that in management consulting, you're an advisor. Um, and you get to work on really interesting problems, but you're at the end of the day, you're an advisor. You're not, you're not a doer. You're mm-hmm. advising somebody else on what to do. Mm-hmm. As an operator, you have to make decisions, and you often don't have the luxury of having all the perfect data, and you also have to live with those decisions. So I love that, mm-hmm. but it's a very different kind of thing. And the other thing is that when you're a consultant, you kind of move from one project to another, and sometimes you'll have a little downtime between the two. Mm-hmm. As an operator, there's no downtime. It's 24-7, 365. It never turns off. Um, and so it's just a different level of, of, uh, of thing. And uh, again, I, I love it. I mean, and I, I enjoyed my time as a consultant, but I, but I realized I'm an operator at heart. That's awesome. That's awesome. Ed, what, what's been your biggest achievement, would you say, in your leadership career today? Yeah, so honestly, my time my time here at Relation, I I, I would say, um, you know, it's been I've been here for seven years. Um, when I came here, it was also had a different name. It was a company called Ascension, and we renamed it to Relation. Really, 
to reflect what we think is a frankly a big change in the company uh, and frankly a better name and a, and a better company. But when I came seven years ago, um, it was really kind of a broken company with a demoralized culture. Um, and a lot of things are going the, the wrong way. And uh, as I tell people, people don't usually hire me when things are going great. I usually get hired when there's already problems. So I'm used to that. But when I got into it, I was really surprised at, frankly, how many problems the company had. And I, I've always tell people a story. It's like, if you ever see the movie Jaws, you know, the first time they see the shark, they say, we're going to need a bigger boat. That's what it was like. We got in, it was like, wow, we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> So uh, a lot of things that we need to change, but uh, we, we've been successful and I, I'm lucky. Um, it's really all about the team. I've got a great partner. Um, our CEO is a guy named Joe Tatum, who is a fantastic uh, human being. You won't find anybody better. Um, I will now consider him to be my fourth brother. <laughs> so it's just been a great partnership. But it was hard at first because we had to get a lot of the wrong people off of the bus. Hmm. And those, a lot of those wrong people were tied to revenue hmm. and the right people on the bus and really start rebuilding the company in a really positive way. And we were lucky to do it through some through some tough times. And uh, the first thing we really focused on was making sure we had a cohesive culture that people were engaged in, in the organization um, and making it a really great place to work. Because one of the things that's true about insurance, and particularly, you know, we're headquartered in California, when California, the labor laws are such that it's easy for people to move from firm to firm. You know, we really focus on making a destination firm where people want to work, where they're excited to come in every day. And we really view that as a, as a com uh, competitive advantage. And it's created, uh, I think, a great success for us. So we really believe that organizations are about people, process, and technology. All three of those things are important, but the people are the most important part of that because you can have great people and they can overcome bad process and bad technology. Mm -hmm. The other two can't overcome bad people. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we really focused on that and uh, I'm, I'm really excited about what we've done. So we, the financial results that we've gotten has really followed us building this great, great culture. Um, and I like to say that when you focus on culture, you know, you're really getting really kind of the best of all worlds. And it's like, kind of like if ice cream were good for you and made you lose weight and be in better shape, that's what culture is. Like you do it because it's the right thing to do and creates the right environment, but also gets the right, right financial results as well. And we've, in the time that I've been here, we've actually doubled the size of the company and had really strong financial results. So I think those things are, are correlated and caused by one another. Brilliant. So you've completely rebuilt from the ground up. That's very admirable. And where do you now see the business going from here over the next few years? Yeah, great question. So look, we're we're really excited about what, we, what we're, we're doing. So we we actually changed our private equity partners in 2019. Um, and the guys that originally backed us parked on, they were they were great guys and took us through the took us through a, a, a great ride um, through some tough times and some great times and helped us build a great platform. And again, at the time we've been here, we've doubled the size of the company. The plan is to double it again over the next two to three years. And wow. we've we've uh, done a ton of M&A. I think we're doing 12 deals um, this year. We've still got another that are closed at the end of this year. And uh, we're probably going to do almost three times that next year. Um, so it's a lot, lot of growth going, going on. And so we're really excited about that, bringing on you know, more people, creating opportunities. And uh, the company is go going in a really positive place. And we think about it as a company that's built to last for 100 years. Like mm -hmm. we want to build a long lasting entity mm -hmm. where people are proud of and, and really outlast me and outlast the, the leadership team to keep on building and growing for, for you know, the foreseeable future. That's such a brilliant answer, Ed. I think our listeners would be really inspired by that answer. So actually going in and completely changing the culture, getting rid of 
a lot a lot of the issues there and really rebuilding from the ground up and it, it sounds like things are really motoring now so it's, that's fantastic the key thing is we've got a great team there's yeah. a there's a whole uh, host of people at the company that are great people that we were able to put in the right place mm-hmm. to help us grow, grow the business i don't want to make it sound like uh it's just a, the ed page show ma- making it all happen <laughs> we've got a great team that uh, that's uh, making making good things happen yeah fantastic ed fantastic has, has there ever been a time in your career, though, where you've either been overlooked for a position or an opportunity hasn't quite gone your way? And how did you overcome that? Yeah, interesting. I don't think I've ever really been overlooked for a position, but I, I remember early in my career at Bain, um, I, I, was, I, I was fairly successful in my first year. But in my second year, I remember I was trying to get a, on a case that was high profile and I, I, w- I didn't get it. <laughs> and um, and the feedback that I got was that, um, you know, I, I wasn't doing as well as I had done when I first started off. And when I reflected on it, what I realized is um, I frankly got a little complacent. You know, I, I thought after my first year and getting positive reviews and frankly thought I was, you know, all that in a bag of chips and, you know, didn't have to keep on working and developing. And, you know, it, uh, that's not the case. You have to you have to keep on working. The bar is always consistently rising. And I just didn't really realize that at the time. I thought I could just, you know, was naturally just super talented and great things would happen. It's like, no, that's not how it works. So it was a great lesson for me and realizing that. I've always got to keep on working on myself, keep on working on my craft, keep on improving because the competition is doing that every day. They're not stopping. They're getting better every day. So you've got to do the same thing. So that was a, it was a, it was a really good lesson for me. I'm glad I had it early in my career. So I, I learned that, hey, you know, every day you got to be focusing on getting better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And bringing forward to present day, Ed, what technology are you using in the business? How are you using digital change to really exceed the needs of your customers at the moment? Yeah, great question. So, so we're big on technology. Me in particular, I'm like I mentioned, I got two engineering degrees. Uh, I'm an MIT under MIT uh, guy, uh, undergrad. So I'm a true geek. <laughs> so I, I love technology, and I think that technology is a really important part of business. Um, and so we're using technology throughout the organization, both on the operational side to drive efficiency, also to interact with our customers in more interesting ways to increase customer satisfaction and also to, dr- to drive revenue. And so just a couple of examples of that. So on the sales side, um, we've got some really neat sales tools to help our sales teams you know, prospect and interact with customers um, and really track and see um, you know, how messages that they're sending out, who is reacting to them and how to follow up. Um, we've also developed um, online applications uh, for our customers to, to submit um, uh, insurance applications. Um, or I should say we're, we're in the process of that. We haven't fully ro- rolled, it, rolled it out yet, but we're, we're rolling it out in 2021. And then what's really powerful for us is we made the investment in a data warehouse oh, probably about five years ago. Um, and really in one part of our business, we've got a um, collegiate business that uh, does a lot of stuff in terms of claims. And we did a data warehouse to, to there. And then now we've expanded that throughout the rest of the business and used Microsoft's Power BI data visualization software. And it's just really powerful. So it gives us great operational insight as to what's going on. And we can cut and slice data in all kinds of different ways. Uh, it's really a powerful tool. And um, it's really given us a lot of insight into what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I imagine... Imagine your your managers there, your your sales team, and and everybody, all the stakeholders who are interested in seeing 
the stats and the data and what's happening. I imagine that's that's really providing a great, great platform for you. It really is. It really is. And we're doing some neat things. And one of the things we're we're in the process of rolling out now is taking a better look at where we've got relationships with customers, like what lines of business that we have with the customer, what lines of business don't we have? So we can make sure that we're facilitating cross-selling and that data can be a little hard to find and visualize. And we're creating tools that make it really easy to see, hey, here, here's where we've got relationships, here's where we don't, and really to help facilitate deepening that customer relationship, which is good for us and it's good for, good for the customer. So yeah. we're, we're really excited about some of the stuff that technology can, can do for us. It's a big investment area for us. It's it's also good for the, the the guys working for you because that means that they can do do more business, do a better job for their customers as well, and and just better have, have better job satisfaction as well themselves. Having those tools there, being backed by you guys with with, with that technology, I'm sure. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I you know our name is Relations, so we really much believe in relationships in terms of driving business, and really believe in having that advisory relationship mm. with our, with our customers. Mm. But you know, the in the old days it used to be you take somebody out to play around the golf and build a relationship like that, mm. which is still fine. It's good good to do those types of things, but you really got to bring the data and insight as well. And so we believe that by having that technology and that data analysis and combining that with that great knowledge and relationship building, you've really got a winner on all fronts. Yeah, you've got the best of both worlds there. Yeah, brilliant. Ed, what would you say are the challenges ahead for insurance executives and how do you think they should be adapting to be successful? Yeah, great question. So, you know, there's uh, it always comes back to people. So the biggest challenge is making sure that you're retaining, keeping and developing great people. That's that's true for any business. It's definitely true in insurance, particularly when you know, basically all the assets walk out the door uh, at the end of every evening. Um, you know, but insurance is also at a little bit of a unique point because, you know, if you look at its history, um, you know, we're seeing technology be more and more important. And so that's a big, big shift. Um, and then also, frankly, a lot of the um, industry is older and moving towards retirement age. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really done such a great job of bringing in the younger folks and making them realize what a great industry this is and what great opportunities there are. There are. So I, I think that uh, making sure that we're bringing in the, the newer generation um, to replace the generation that, that's, that's retiring um, is a real key, key leverage point. And then those who can also understand how to use and deploy technology you know, in, in insurance in an effective way, I think those are really the two big things that, that are really going to drive uh, differential performance going forward. Yeah, yeah, certainly. That actually brings us really nicely onto our espresso round. I, I know you're not an espresso uh, coffee drinker, Ed, but we're, we're through to the quick fire round, which is short, sharp and straight to the point. So sure. can I ask you, are you ready for an espresso? I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll probably still call it water, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> the espresso round. Ed, what are the characteristics about relation that makes it such a great place to work at? I'd say we're big on transparency, trust, and authenticity. Those are really kind of, I think, the three key key metrics. Um, we also have, I don't know if I can say it, but frankly, a strict no-asshole policy. Um, <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, if, uh, if that's who you are, you're not going to work here. That's yeah. just not how it works. Uh, we believe that our word matters and treating people right is important. And frankly, uh, there have been people who treat, mistreated people and that was their last day. Yeah. So that's not how it works here. Um, and so we're we're really excited to create a create a culture and make it a great place to work. We think that's a key competitive advantage. Great, great culture. And what opportunities do you provide to high performing insurance professionals? 
that want to progress their career to the next level? Yeah, great question. So one, I think the culture matters. Um, again, um, you know, being excited to come to work every day can't be underestimated. I think there's too many companies that have cultures where people's dreams and aspirations go to die, and life is just too short for that. So I do think that's that's a key component for it. But in addition to that, you know, we've also I think got the right tools and resources uh, to uh, make it a great place for the individual and a great place for their clients. And we actually believe in promoting from within. So we're growing 20 plus percent a year. And so there's great opportunities for people to, to come and grow with us and help us drive that growth. So if you're someone that wants to do something and have an opportunity for career advancement, to more leadership, uh, to do something different, you know, we're, we're at this great early stage where, you know, we're, you know, in the hundreds of millions of revenue, low hundreds of millions. Uh, we're not a billion dollar company yet. So we're still growing um, and we're, we're it's, a, it's a great place to be, um, you know, at, at this time. And I think there's lots of opportunity. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think it's obviously a great thing that you're doing for for people who are already working there, giving them those opportunities to progress their career. But you know, as time goes by, that'll also be a great attraction when you're bringing people into the business as well to to show them examples of other people who have been promoted through the ranks that have gone on to have successful careers there. And I think it's a it's a win win for 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 everybody really. So I take yeah. that up to that. It's, it's well. I was. I would say one example. One of the one of our our top salesperson who sold almost a million dollars a million dollars a year is a, a guy who started off just being a cold caller about five years ago, and wow. before that he was managing a managing a restaurant. And wow. Super wow. talented guy. Um, we 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 saw the potential, and we don't want to take all the credit for it, but we did invest in him so that so that he could be uh, successful, and he's he's just crushed it. And so it's great seeing examples like that where someone uh, was able to come in in a really short period of time, just rise to the, the top top levels of the company. And, that, and we love stories like that, and there's there's more of them. Yeah, that's awesome. So he's clearly a talented guy, but you must have a good training program in in place to help facilitate that. Yeah, we do. So we have, we have a, a a structured training plan, program. We actually have a dedicated trainer to to help uh, people um, develop their develop their sales skills and, and and techniques. And we're expanding that uh, constantly, constantly. But the big thing again, I don't want to keep on saying culture, but it is the culture. And so we've got a culture that really much believes in the apprenticeship model of mentoring you know the young guys and gals that are coming up um, and making sure they're successful. And so in the case of this guy, and I can think of another guy in one of our other businesses units who's now got a went from having zero book of business to a million dollar book of business uh, in really kind of three years, really the organization bear hugged him and just made sure he was going to be successful. And again, he's a guy with uh, great talents, but fact that the other more senior guys and gals were, they were willing to invest in him and make sure that he was successful. That was a key part of it too. What do you look for when bringing in new executives to the business? What are the skills or the behaviors that you look for when attracting that talent? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, professional competence is key. So, you know, being good at what you do is absolutely critical, but, you know, we'll take that as a given. Um, But beyond that, then it's willingness to learn new things and adapt, right? So not looking at things and saying, this is the way things always, you know, have been and should stay that way, but like, hey, this is the way things have been, but let's think about new creative ways to make things better. And then, you know, lastly, just being a, a positive team player, you know, working well with others, treating others well, uh, and as I mentioned, not treating people well is a fatal flaw in our organization. So you got to you've got to be willing to jump in, be collaborative, work with other people, um, and be a little bit selfless. Yeah. That that's really what our culture is about. Yeah, yeah, nice. What would you say is the largest challenge you face when attracting 
talent or what would be the frustrations with with the recruitment process when bringing people in well the the downside of being a you know again relatively small compared to some of the billion dollar companies that that are out there and you know having such strong growth is that not everyone knows our name and not everyone knows our story and so you know for a lot of people that we have to get them to know us before they even consider us. And I think once people get to meet you know, some of our people and our leadership team and our producers and our service team and see what great people they are, it's a pretty compelling story. But you got to you gotta get to know us first or know that we're there. Uh, and so that's probably the, the frustrating thing is that people don't know as much, don't know us as much as I, I would like. But once you get to know us, uh, I think you're going to like what you see. And uh, uh, it's a really good place. Yeah, I I can see that. I think I think that's a huge challenge for a lot of agencies of your size. It's about educating that that talent pool about the opportunities that you have. You know, if it's a great place to work, but only the people there realize that realize what a great culture it is. It's all about educating and yeah, using things like the, these platforms to to express that and and really drive the talent towards business. Yeah, absolutely. Ed, if there are any insurance executives out there now considering their next move or opportunity, what would be your advice be to them? Um, so, so first thing, I think the who matters more than the what. So, so I think again, the the people hmm. really matter. And um, as I've looked through my career, I've really focused so much more on the who I'm working with versus the what I'm I'm doing. And I think that's made a tremendous difference. I, I think I've worked with a great series of who's and I won't go through the, the, the list of names, but but there are people who have, you know, helped me throughout my career, helped develop me throughout my career that I've learned a lot from. And they're all just frankly fantastic people. And I think that really makes a makes a big difference. But but when you go on beyond that, assuming that that's there, I think the other thing is just think long long term, like think, is this place the right place for me as an individual? Is it right for my clients? Do I see a path for growth? Do my values align with their thing? That's a really key one. And if all that stuff's there, the rewards will come. But uh, I think when people sometimes focus on, hey, it's a great opportunity with a great title, mm. uh, that's great. But you got the other things are much more important. Yeah, certainly more substance than um, over the particular job title. That's 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 great advice, Ed. Thank you so much. Um, we've almost reached the end of our time together um, in the Insurance Coffee House USA today. But before we go, do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners? And how would they go about contacting you after the show? Yeah, sure. So so I, I had the opportunity to sit next to Jim Collins, the, the guy who wrote the Built to Last and, and Good Good to Great. And I actually was a professor of mine at Stanford, but I, I got to sit next to him on a plane once, this guy by happenstance, actually after I left business school. And he gave me a piece of advice that I, I just never forgot. He said, find something you can be world class at and pursue that. Everything else will work out. And so for me, it took me a while to figure out what it was for myself. But eventually I realized it's creating an environment and culture to help people be and do more than they ever imagined. And once I recognized that for myself, like really everything else kind of fell into place. So figure out what that thing is for you and then pursue that and everything else will, will fall into place. Um, and then in terms of contacting me, LinkedIn is probably the best way. So you can look for me directly on it. Um, you also, if you go to our website, relationinsurance.com, if you go to about us, um, there's a, uh, a manager team profile page. There's a link to my link to my LinkedIn uh, profile on that as well. And uh, that's probably the best and easiest way. Awesome. Thank you, Ed. I've, just, just to reiterate your point there, I, I think everything that comes across from the branding and relation, what you've done there with the culture and your, your own personal branding. And I know you certainly live and breathe that. And, you know, you're a world-class performer 
in your field. So thank you for that. I think that's absolutely wonderful advice. Very inspiring for our listeners. We'll also be sure to to post a, a link to your LinkedIn so people can contact you after the show. Ed, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really great to have you on the show. Really enjoyed speaking with you today. Awesome. It's been a, been a fun experience. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I've uh, been, been, uh, been great to spend some time with time with you. And I hope people enjoy, uh, enjoy what I had to say. I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would. To all the insurance business leaders out there, whether you're in the United States or internationally around the world, we thank you for listening. And I'm sure you would have gained a lot of good insights and learnings from Ed today. If you enjoy the show, please do leave us a review on iTunes and do remember to download and subscribe so that you receive each of our episodes into your podcast app each week. Till next time, I've been Nick Hoadley. This has been the Insurance Coffee House USA. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.